Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. This show is brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash Elder Scrolls Lorecast. Scrolls Lorecast, a place where the Elder Scrolls community can come together to discuss the boundaries of our knowledge about the universe of the Elder Scrolls. Welcome, champion. I should I should start the every show like that from now on. Hey, uh, Elder Scrolls friends, welcome back to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. This is your host, Tom or. Mr. Robots, as they were calling me at the uh, Apocalypse Squares today, we have a dog here on the show. <laughs> Lotus's dog is in overdrive mode right now, so please, please forgive. And um, Lotus yeah, is here. I'll just be muting periodically. <laughs> of course. How's it going, Lotus? Things are things are good. They're quite barky at the moment, but things are good. Lots of QuakeCon hype currently going on. Yes, yeah. So today is the beginning of QuakeCon, and they've done some announcements. They we got a reveal of some of the new stuff coming to ESO. That's not the point of today's show. I'm sure you're going to be hearing a lot of other uh, shows like Tales of Tamriel. I'm sure you guys are going to be covering covering the bejeebus out of that. Yep. Lots yep. of lots of crazy info coming out and plenty more to come. Yeah. So go go check out that show, which will inevitably coming be coming out uh, probably later this week. Um, yeah, I would think so. Yeah. But uh, we are here to talk about another weird and wacky lore episode. I hope you guys have been enjoying these because we've been enjoying these. We uh, we can't get through weird and wacky lore without talking about everybody's favorite Khajiit, Mike the Liar, because I don't know if you get more weird and wacky than a specific in, in specific characters than somebody like Mike the Liar. What what do you think, Lotus? Mike is pretty much as weird as it gets. And the real question is, like, is there more to Mike the Liar? I mean, he's looming in all the games. Is it the he, same Mike? They? Yeah. So we're gonna be yeah, we're gonna be diving into this a little bit. I've I've done some digging around on the on the interwebs and there are some theories floating around out there. So we're gonna be covering some of the talk and some of the justification behind those theories. Um, but before we get into that, let's talk a little bit, a little bit about some of the some of the news because Lotus and I are big fans of everything Bethesda and growing up with Bethesda's suite of games and of course also id software. Mm-hmm. We got we got some new news. Well, first of all, we can't go we can't go on without saying, hey, everyone jokes about a re-release of Skyrim and guess what we're getting? A re-release of Skyrim. N- gasp. Skyrim no. Anniversary Edition now with fishing. It it wouldn't be a year and or a <laughs> console launch of any type uh, without at least 11 copies of Skyrim on it. Um, to yeah. be fair, this does look pretty solid. It's kind of goofy, but surprise, it's the 10 year anniversary of Skyrim. So as a result, we're getting the Skyrim. I wish they had gone a little wackier with the name, kind of like what they did with the Alexa version, where it was a very (laughs) special. I wish they went with like a completely incredible edition or something completely ridiculous. Nobody expected it edition. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that would be also pretty solid. 
yeah. um yeah what do you call it but um yeah so that that's out and i guess from my understanding you get it for free if you have well the... it's they said you can upgrade to it which okay. i think means that you it's kind of like a you pay the cost of the dlc upgrade but they, they weren't very clear okay. on that during the stream Interesting. there might be some more info I, so i i had yeah. to do all of this like via twitter osmosis as i was working the entirety mm. of that so i i was getting updates on my my phone but uh that's <laughs> yeah uh, either way definitely kind of neat um I would say if you don't have Skyrim, probably get this one. Who the hell doesn't have oh, Skyrim? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, well, here's the thing. It comes with 500 plus Creation Club elements added to it. So uh, it's it's specifically designed for next generation consoles. It is. Fishing. Yeah, it, it, they include fishing. So if it, and you know what? This is, this is interesting. And we're not going to dwell too much on this stuff. Don't worry, guys. Um, I did have a conversation with somebody who was brand new to uh skyrim the other day for the first time who was on our discord and they're a big fan of eso and their introduction to the elder scrolls universe is eso at this point because eso has been out for years and that was their introduction to elder scrolls and then they they decided hey you know what everyone in eso seems to be talking so much about this skyrim game i should go try it out yeah and, and they had questions they were like what's the best way to start should i worry about my build should like they have these basic questions about you know the kinds of questions people have when starting an rpg sure so, so I, I gave her some you know some recommendations and i was like that's really interesting that you've never played skyrim and they were like yeah well everyone talks about it so i guess it would it's time to start but it's it's the nintendo thing it's the you know like what was your first mario it's that right and, everybody and has a first <sighs> Mario everybody has a first Elder Scrolls so you go enough time forward and eventually somebody hasn't played it and the thing that I, I kind of like joke about is the moment we stop buying not us me and you but like we collectively uh, when people stop buying these 10,000 re-releases of Skyrim or remasters of Sky uh, however the version is mm -hmm. that's when they'll stop doing it but I heard a quote before. I forget actually if it was Pete Hines or Todd Howard or somebody from Bethesda, but like it was basically said, it's like, well, we'll stop, you know, releasing it when you stop proving you want it. Yeah. And, well, that's how companies and, work. I mean, it's, right. And, and the thing that's strange, which is just before we move on, which from the PlayStation side of things, which now is not even like the stable that, you know, Bethesda is from they're, they're now with Microsoft. Um, one thing that I, I found very funny, there was a sale, I don't know, maybe a year or two ago, uh, right before Christmas. And there was an, actually an online vote where you could have, what is the, um, there, there was like a list of like Christmas bonus. What do you want for 50% off? And there was like a list of like 10 games and Skyrim won. And the comments were people complaining, why would we want Skyrim for 50% off? They voted for, like, it was the yeah. vote, like yeah. the most people yeah. want. I'm like, you can't complain about this. Like, I, yeah. I'm not benefiting from this either because I already own it. Right. But I was like, I don't understand. Like, how is, right. how it's does because it everybody, sell so well? Everybody assumes that they're in the majority of the internet. Yes. And you're, you're not about something. 
you know right and, and sure. that's the thing is that everyone thinks that and it's because the internet is an echo chamber and blah yada yada it, that's just the way it is but anyway there's there are people out there who still haven't played skyrim and there are people out there who don't have some of the more recent releases of skyrim there are people out there who only the only skyrim version they played was the original one that came out when you know they first got it on their ps3 or whatever. One of the people in my dungeon group has never played an Elder Scrolls game besides ESO. Exactly. So there are people who are going to get this and they're going to go, oh, my God. OK, I can play this on my PS5 or my Xbox, you know, Series X with, you know, brand new improvements for graphics and a bunch of new downloadable stuff that's going to make it look really, really good. And everybody talks about it. And it's the kind of thing that I could just jump into now for the first time and experience all the lore and stuff that I already love from these other games that I play. OK, yeah, it's probably fi finally time to do that. Why not? And it's a great game. And that's the thing. And that's the way companies work. You vote with your dollar. And as long as people continue to vote with your dollar, they're going to keep doing it. So that's just the way it works. But here's some other news. We need to move on. The other big news is that they've released Quake One 1996's Quake One. This was Ooh. the game that came out after Doom that moved from parallax, like pseudo 2D, 3D world to actually 3D rendered shooter. This is the game. Like, I loved Doom, but I loved Quake. Quake. I prefer quake as well was my personally. jam i love yeah. i love doom i love i love killing those demons but like the the dark haunting world of quake and those 3d environments that 1996 i was 17 this i was right in i, I was the perfect page <laughs> for quake and my 2400 baud modem was barely enough not quite to keep up with playing multiplayer but i tried anyway and i would <laughs> i would your best i would just bounce all over the place i was just lagging everywhere and i did it anyway <laughs> and it was horrible um but man i loaded this up tonight it is already on Xbox Game Pass. I loaded it up tonight on my Xbox Series X. I haven't done it on my PC yet, but I was playing through. I played through the first three levels of Quake, and it is holy crap. That game still holds up. The graphics are old, but that gameplay, like, they solidified it. They solidified it in 1996. Super good game. Uh, I love that series, actually. It's pretty off the wall and very little continuity. Uh, oh, yeah. It, it doesn't <laughs> but, make any sense. But yeah, I, I but the gameplay I, is it's so much fun. It's, it's so much solid. fun. Um, yeah. And actually, as Beelzebub put in chat, uh, at, for the time, it was crazy. But uh, Trent Reznor from Nine Inch Nails actually yeah. did the soundtrack to it. And that game is ambient af to keep things pg <laughs> <laughs> yeah the nail gun uh ammo has nin on it for nine inch nails yes. yep. like in fact they designed the nail gun to have nine mm -hmm. inch nails because they worked out a deal with trent reznor to do the background music for the game yeah it's freaking amazing no games did not have rock bands write the music for them until quake like this yes. game was phenomenal it was awesome so anyway go check that out it's gonna look old but it but like it, push it's your... got cross-play co-op yeah, um yeah it, it's multiplayer you can play the multiplayer one thing which again as somebody who's now pc slash uh playstation as my like two sources of playing things because i still don't have like a newer version of an xbox um one thing I love about just Microsoft's method with everything is 
the Bethesda deal is finished. It is finalized. Starfield is, you know, totally Xbox and PC exclusive. This is even coming. Like this came out on PlayStation as well. That's just for lack of a better term, good sportsmanship where, <laughs> where they're just like, yeah, just they, they seem like for the most part, they kind of do lean into that. We want people to just be able to play games as, and to a degree, it's like, as long as you play nice, which Sony never does, but like, <laughs> I feel like yeah, this is Sony, from somebody who ha- who's been a best Sony yeah, guy for a while now. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I, I was going to say last gen, I was PS4 the entire time. Right. And currently I have a PS5, like mainly because I can't transfer my ESO file, but, but that's right. besides the point. I have a PS5. Like I'm still largely on PlayStation products. Th- just the mentality in business is very different between the two companies. And I really like Microsoft's approach to this. It just seems like it's like, okay, this is just really awesome. Like that they're still open to discourse. And I feel if Sony reciprocated it all, it would be a much better two-way street. And I feel like right now it's just Microsoft being like, well, we'll give your players a little something if they want it. Yeah, okay, we'll give them a little something. And it's just so far Sony's response is, go to hell like i don't know that seems to be all we do yeah, from the sony side of yeah. thing maybe right. they're trying to sweeten the pot in order to try and get sony to put game pass on their system you know uh, yep I mean, I mean if they can get yeah. if they can get one of the other consoles then they'll then they'll convince the third and then we'll have right. game pass and on all three and then who knows? sure or, or you know it remains to be seen how that all plays out but at the moment this was just very cool that they i even think that they didn't restrict something like this it was probably in the works for a while anyways so you know this didn't happen overnight but at the same time it's just cool that they ended up finishing and being like okay nope you guys can have it over on that side of the pond too so yep yep well I'm sure we're going to get some other announcements as QuakeCon goes on. Um, Tomorrow morning, for those of you who are live, is our quiz show. You're going to see me and Lotus Mm -hmm. and Aramithius at 11 a.m. in the morning Eastern time. That's very early Pacific time. We will be on the QuakeCon community channel. So twitch.tv slash QuakeCon community. It's not the Bethesda channel. It's the QuakeCon community channel. And if you miss it, don't worry. We will be able to put that up later. I believe I don't think there's any restrictions on that. Um, if we do find out there's restrictions, I apologize, but I'm pretty sure there's not because other channels are um, going to be putting up the content that they're putting up for the community channel later on their channels as well. So um, if you're not able to listen to that or watch it, we should be able to put that up later. So don't worry. But if you can watch it tomorrow in the morning, that would be awesome. I will I will try to be able to be um, there as well with you guys. Uh, it is pre-recorded at this point. So uh, we know the results, but we're not going to say anything. Hey. <laughs> So, uh, um, good luck to both of you guys. Um, <laughs> Lotus versus Aramithius. The poll is in. We had the poll run for like seven days. Yeah. And man, it was close. It we was had very a close. bunch of votes. The votes are in and Aramithius edged you out by like barely 2%. Which I'm not going to lie. I appreciate all the faith in me being that Aramithius literally deep dives on studying like the ethics of the lore and stuff. Yeah, he like studies that. like the real world connections yes, in he, great he, in granular detail. Exactly. Yes. Which that is way above my like 
interest grades. So it's yeah. like, oh boy, that but, is some deep divey stuff. You memorize things like the percentage damage of specific like well, setups yeah, and I stuff. Was so say, like well, you you memorize the game detail in granular detail in ways that he sure, does. So that I so, can complete stuff. I got, look, all I need differences. is you to like not throw out anything too sketchy like spelling questions or something <laughs> that I won't know how to do because I'm a yeah. terrible speller. Yeah. So so uh so anyway. Tune in tomorrow. Find out. Find yeah. out who wins on that. Um, but we've got stuff. we've got some wacky uh, Mike the liar lore to dig into. So why don't we get into this? Um, so before we get into any of the uh, crazy, wacky, wild theories, let's let's get into some background about Mike. Um, everybody who has played Morrowind, Oblivion, Skyrim, or ESO has probably run into Mike the liar. He is our Khajiit friend. He's an orangish looking Khajiit who usually runs around in robes, except for in Morrowind, where he wears a funny hat and has kind of puffy sleeves. Um, but otherwise, he looks pretty much the same. He, he comes off like a joke character. The first time you run into him, you kind of don't know what to make of him. But he just comes up and talks to you. He kind of drops a, a line of dialogue and kind of goes on his own merry way. He doesn't really do a whole lot. So he sounds like this. And I've got to turn my sound up for you guys to hear it. But this is what he sounds like. Mike is not at ease on the battlefield, but Mike will try his best. So, pretty typical Khajiit sounding dude. Um, so let's go over some details here. In Morrowind, there are some details, and these come from the uh, the unofficial Elder Scrolls pages. So thanks to our buddies over at the, over at the UESB. Their podcast is on the network as well, so you should go check them out. Um, so in Morrowind, much of Mike's dialogue refers to many requests or... or um, anticipated features of Morrowind, which were not included in the final release of the game. And this this is par for the course. Mike often speaks of things from outside the concept of the game itself. He kind of breaks the fourth wall. That's kind it, of what he does. Mike is very fourth wall breaking. Yes, yes. His most truthful comments pointed you to the location to start Boethius' quest for the Daedric Artifact of Goldbrand. So he doesn't always lie necessarily this is the only version of mike where the a in his name is capitalized so capital m apostrophe capital a this is the only mike that lacks a robed appearance like i mentioned before he wears like kind of puffy sleeves and um a, a vest rather than robes this mike is a uh, digitigrade legged soothe rot just like all the other playable um uh, uh, Khajiit, that's the word, <laughs> in Morrowind. All of them have the the funny-looking legs. Every appearance since has featured a mic from a plantigrade first stock, which is true about also all the other playable Khajiit in all of the other uh, games since then. This mic is encountered in the Third Era 427, and this is something I want you to hold on to here. Third Era 427, because that's, of course, the time frame of Morrowind. So we move on to Oblivion. Oblivion, this Mike reference uh, references many game mechanics that are lacking from Oblivion, most which were present in previous The Elder Scrolls games, such as Levitation. So we have another fourth wall breaking thing. And what this also leads to is this concept that the, the designers in every game are constantly aware that they are reducing 
the complexity of the current game from the previous game. And if this is something that you're not too aware of because you haven't really played a bunch of these games in, in series or gone back and seen the complexity grow as you go back in time, go back and listen to our episodes about the evolution of the game series. We've got like two episodes about that where Lotus takes us through the evolution of the games and we actually go backwards through it. It's very interesting um, because they do streamline this. And you can tell through Mike's dialogue that the designers are aware of that and implant it into the game. They implant the awareness of that into the game through my Mike's dialogue. What do you think about that, Lotus? I really, I, I feel like Mike is a giant Easter egg, and I really, really enjoy the fact that Mike is in these games. Um, and and the fourth wall breaking thing, I I think is fascinating just because it's such a unique flavor to the series and it's almost like a running gag that doesn't need any type of context. Like Mike can be in any of the games and is in the majority of the games. Um, they just drop them in. Doesn't matter on time period. Doesn't matter. On, like, is it the same Mike? Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're going to get into some of those yeah, details, but he's always like got the potential of being there, which I love because at this point, I mean, the reason I mentioned that he's kind of like a walking Easter egg um, mm -hmm. in Elder Scrolls Online specifically, there is an achievement for finding Mike in every single one of the base game zones. Right. So right. six, 17, 17, I believe. Um, and he's just puttering around being Mike, and he's a <laughs> random spawn and has just some little quip that he tells you each time mm -hmm. until you find him every time. So it's just, they even know how absurd it is that Mike is in all these games. And I, I don't know. I love it. I think it's like a staple. I hope they never get rid of it in the series. Right. Right. So here, let's let's go on. Cause there's definitely more details here. So continuing with, with oblivion, uh, this Mike makes references to game mechanics that oblivion added. So not just game mechanics that they took away from the previous games, but ones that were added such as quest compass objectives, which weren't, a part of Morrowind, because as we spoke about before, you had to kind of figure out where stuff was by people saying, oh, yeah, you go down to this place and then you turn left and then you go past yeah, the they cave. Give you terrible and then, directions yeah, occasionally that, that were incorrect. Right. Absolutely. Uh, this mic makes reference to game. Oh, I'm sorry. This mic make uh, wishes for a Colovian fur helm to use a reference <laughs> to the attire used by the mic in Morrowind because he wears that crazy looking hat again awareness about something that <laughs> how does he have awareness about right this mike is encountered in the third era 433 which is the time period of, of oblivion which is six years after the previous game so skyrim much of this mike's dialogue references many improvements over oblivion such as character models and other new features super weird <laughs> like Especially when referencing things like character models, because that's not something somebody <laughs> in universe would notice, right? Yeah. Uh, this Mike claims to have come from a long line of Mikes. This is the first time we get a reference of um, a lineage, like they are father and son, and they just all keep giving each other names. Like every one of them is a junior, you know, or a fourth or a fifth or twelfth or seventeenth or something, right? But this, uh, this idea that somehow they are all just are meant to wander the earth <laughs> with fourth wall breaking nonsense is also odd. Yeah. 
one of his greatest or one of his greetings is a reference to Mike's greeting from Oblivion. So they share references to greetings from previous games. So that's also weird. And this Mike's uh, this Mike is encountered in the fourth era 201, which is Skyrim's year, which is now hundred or a few hundred years distant from the previous game. So mm -hmm. this is the biggest jump so far. Now we go to ESO, which most of you will know is hundreds of years in the past. This is well before the time of Morrowind in the second era. And Mike shows up in all these different zones, like like Lotus mentioned, all over Tamriel. So this Mike claims to come from a long line of Kimes. Q-I-A apostrophe M-S. However, this is likely a lie. Remember, this is Mike the liar. Now, pause. How much are you going to trust somebody who claims that they themselves are a liar? This itself is a contradictory claim because if they are a liar and they're telling the truth, then you can't believe them that they are a liar. See where I'm going? Yeah, there's no scenario in that <laughs> in which they did not lie about something. Right. They either lied about the fact or they lied about being a liar. <laughs> right. Which is a difficult situation in and of itself, which is a, a knowingly aware thing. So therefore, they probably are a liar if you just kind of break it down on some level. So anyway, however, this is likely a lie as the description of a loot in Crowswood states that it is a, quote, a gift from Mike to his son, Mike. <laughs> also notice, Kaim's backward is Mike. I pulled that one out. That one didn't come from the, I don't know why that's not noted in uh, the UESP article here. Somebody needs to note that in here. I didn't know that. Yeah, Q-I-A apostrophe M, flip it. M apostrophe A I Q. That's I didn't I didn't ever catch that. Yeah, he just he just flipped it. All right, and then we have <laughs> brain explosion, right? That's really cool. Good catch. I I never I never caught that. Yeah, he's toying with us. See, we got there. It is all right. We got to make uh, an addition. We got to make gotta, an addition there. I don't know why an nobody has caught that and put, yep, put this in the, go. in the wiki. We'll have to. Yeah, we'll have to edit that in. I'm already working on the battle spired right. nightmare. So just add right. it to the list. Somebody add that in. You can add that in. I don't even care if I get re reference for that, but just put it in there. Um, next point. This is the only mic that does not reference any sort of strain of lycanthropy, which is interesting. Because all the other ones actually have comments that talk about lycanthropy. Like, like yep. And they, there are many different dialogues that each of them say. They will, and, and often they're just kind of sort of nonsensical or just kind of silly. Like, did you know that this thing, you know, they just kind of say stuff. Um, this Mike can be found in most zones, including the base game as well as Northern Elsewhere. Finding Mike in all base game zones that he is present in awards you with the achievement titled, I Like Mike. <laughs> which is a reference to I like Mike Michael Jordan which was a I believe that was a marketing uh thing in the 90s for Nike uh Nike or I, I was gonna say is it that or is it the like cereal thing like Mikey he likes it <laughs> be like Mike I like yeah, I was, Mike was, it was something like it was like a marketing thing yeah the, the, well that's why I know there was a series like there was be like, like Mike I like Ike 
<laughs> oh, it might. It could. It could have been a number of. This could be a reference to multiple. I was going to say. There's a lot of different like things that it could relate to. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's. I again, the references in within references with Mike. <laughs> yes. Yes. This is a place where I feel like so. Pause. We're going to pause this for a second. The simplest explanation for Mike is that this is a playground for the developers. Oh, absolutely. Right. That's the simplest version yes. of this is that this has no bearing on the world. There's no deeper meaning to this. This is just a fun thing for the developers to just add fun stuff to and just have a good time. And there's no deeper meaning, which probably has some, you know, some reference there. Um, all right, let's move on with this. So uh, Mike references Chim. And we're going to go into this after the break with the line. You've heard that the Khajiit loves naps. Yes. So does Mike, though. Maybe Mike is napping now in this conversation is but a dream. We'll go into that one. So let's hold on that onto that for now. Uh, the next point is this Mike is a Cathay Khajiit. And that's in uh, ESO, especially in the elsewhere expansion. We get a lot of the different variations of the Khajiit, all the different kinds of um, you know, cats, everything from the big guys to the little guys. There's a whole episode on that. So go look that up if you don't know what that's all about. And then this Mike, as noted before, is encountered in the second era 582. So hundreds of years before the third era and the fourth era. So the fact that Mike exists or a Mike exists over hundreds and hundreds of years of time leads people to wonder all sorts of different kinds of things, right? So that's that's where we are. And no <laughs> chat, not Ike from South Park. <laughs> Ike, Ike Eisenhower, <laughs> previous president. <laughs> that's that was a, a campaign slogan from uh, <laughs> like, what, 70 years ago at this point. Um, don't kick the baby. <laughs> don't kick the baby. All right. Well, that's that's our foundation for Mike. That's who he is. That's kind of the basis for what we know about him. And there are some deeper, weirder lore bits as to what Mike actually be going on with this but we're going to talk about that when we get back from the break so hold on to that we'll be back the skies are marked with numberless sparks each a fire and every one a sign all right so everybody knows how vpn services and expressvpn can protect your privacy and security online right but did you know that there are some secret hidden benefits to using ExpressVPN, like unlocking movies and shows that are only available in other countries. So if you're like me, you probably enjoy watching shows on Netflix, for example. Well, with ExpressVPN, you can unlock the UK version of The Office or Parasite from South Korean Netflix, over a hundred different countries. All you have to do is change your location and refresh Netflix or whatever Hulu BBC iPlayer, YouTube, you name it. In fact, when I set it up for myself, I was surprised at how easy it was. It just installs and then loads up and works. And it works on more than just PCs, phones, media consoles, smart TVs, and so much more. So if you want to access hundreds of new shows, use my link right now, expressvpn.com slash scrolls lore, and you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash scrolls lore. Expressvpn.com slash scrolls lore to learn more. 
Oh, hello there. Please don't skip this. It will hurt my feelings. Just kidding. I don't have those. I'm the SCP bot. Kevin. I host a podcast called SCP Foundation Files where I disclose secret information about the paranormal. You know, aliens, ghosts, the undead, extra-dimensional life forms, the unexplained. Yes. It's all real. Plus, you get to spend time with me. Kevin. I really do like that name. I'm very nice. Maybe we'll become friends. I'd like that. Tell you what, I'll get the coffee started while you pull up SCP Foundation files on that sad little mobile computer device you have there. Oh, no offense, but I'm much more interesting. The SCP Foundation files available now, everywhere. All right, here we are in the middle of the show. This is the part where we get to say thank you to our patrons and everybody who helps support the show through all sorts of means like, you know, telling your friends, leaving a rating or review on Apple Podcasts, any of that stuff helps, you know, uh, telling your grandmother when you go on a vacation and she's like, what have you been doing lately? Do I hear you listen to those pod shows on your on your Apple machine? And, and then you say, oh, yeah, grandma, I listen to I listen to podcasts. And she's like, what's your favorite one? And you're like, oh, the one about the Elder Scrolls. The Elder what? Yeah, it's about uh, uh, dragons and cat people. Oh, that's nice, honey. Yeah, that. Yeah, that you can tell you in scroll it. form because she sounds very old in this. <laughs> But uh, thank you to everybody who helps support the show, especially on Patreon, especially our tier five patrons, Daniel O and Noodle Al Dente, who get calls out every single week because that's what happens when you're a tier five patron. But if you want to go help support the show, go check out um, patreon.com slash Elder Scrolls Lorecast. And if we've done anything at all to help you get through your workday or, you know, your, your drive to work or your workout or anything else having to do with work or, you know, cleaning your kitchen, then maybe consider helping support the show and getting ad-free episodes and joining us on future episodes uh, to chat about Elder Scrolls. Um, you know, Lotus, I was thinking about this, maybe at the end of this month, because we've kind of been, it feels like we've been, kind of been really searching for things to chat about lately, because we've kind of been in this doldrum when it comes to, uh, you know, ideas from our patrons. And I've been, usually I try to leave it up to them because I want, I want that to be their thing. But in order to just kind of spark some fun into it, since we had so much fun doing the quiz show, what if this month and that would be today's the 19th so that would be next week so that'd be the 26th oh wow that's how are we already almost through august what is no, happening right. uh time time is wow. happening damn it time yeah. akatosh is just cranking on those time wheels yeah. um what if next week we do a quiz show and if our patrons decide to show up so that includes um uh, Jared B and uh, Bribwan and Noodle L Dente and Daniel O, who are tier four and tier five patrons, and anybody else who upgrades or signs up for that in the meantime, they can join us in the episode next week at this time and do, I'd be down. do a yeah, quiz show. And I'll, come quiz, a, quiz I'll come up I'll with either, a fun game. Well, that's just it. I'll either be riding high after the quiz show tomorrow or needing to make up for the fact that I lost the quiz show tomorrow. Right. We could do a quiz show or we, and I, you know, we could model it after different kinds of games and we could even come up with, um, what if we did, oh my God, what if we did like a, uh, like a drawing show 
like a oh wow what if what if we, what if we like had pictionary like pictionary what if we did like a pictionary because it's all it's all video like we could oh, do boy. a version where you could like draw like can you do draw oh we'll have to i'm gonna look into this i bet there's a thing we could do with zoom where you draw on your screen i bet this will be real tragic <laughs> oh my god this is gonna be so good this is going to be amazing. Oh, but that's how you can't do You don't want to do that on podcast form. We're going to come up with something. We'll that's come up with something. true. Oh, yeah, that, that's true. That would be Plus, terrible for audio. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would be. Also, yeah, I can't guarantee that any of my things would look like any actual things. <laughs> I make no guarantees of that. Or, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to come up with some ideas. But I think maybe we can make this fun and kind of switch things around and make it fun for our patrons um plus anybody else who wants to sign up so go check that out patreon.com slash elder scrolls lorecrest and thank you to all 47 of you it would be amazing if we had 50 by the end of this month that would be amazing so thank you to everybody and <laughs> we'll we'll uh you know we'll see those of you who are tier four tier five patrons next week on our regular time so all right let's get back to the rest of the show Yes, yes, you're entirely brilliant. Conquering madness and all that. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, Doc Holiday's fart says, this is dated, but the Pelinal episode from a week or two ago, he's an Assaultron from the future. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you combine um, that the episode I did where people think that like they're in the same universe. This is in the same universe with Fallout, Assaultron. Yeah, it could be. And what if Mike's actually the pilot inside his roboticness? Oh, oh God. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Uh -huh. <laughs> all right lotus i'm gonna i'm gonna throw some some weird wacky ideas at you okay this is i mean this is what we do best right that's, i don't i don't yep. prep you on stuff i just throw some weird wacky ideas <laughs> let's at get you. weird yeah and then you go uh, oh god that's a terrible idea and then we laugh about it and then we move on to the next one yeah chime, right. chime in with a dad joke or something and then just move on <laughs> okay so chim and this chim specifically isn't a topic that i've covered on this show it's something aramithius has covered well on written in uncertainty he has an episode or two probably on chim I think, itself i think two yeah mm -hmm. it's the, more of a metaphysical concept so it's it is eh, yeah it is it's one of those yeah things that's just kind of pointed to it's it's one of those concepts that there are lots of little bits of things that kind of point at it but nothing that really securely says that this is definitely a thing right. so the concept is and, and i'm pull, again pulling this from the uesp because they sum it up here many writings have made vague references to it throughout history but despite its importance there's a lack of information it is best understood as a state of being which allows for escape from all known laws and limitations so it's it's kind of a sense of uh the ability to move above and beyond reality and then also to reshape your reality it's it's a unbinding from reality sort of thing so this concept that somebody like mike has actually achieved chim would mean that he has become unbound from his own reality, which is the reality that you're in in the game. And if that's the case, then he has traveled outside of the game, which is why he's aware of the other games in the world outside the game, including the things the developers have done. Right. And I mean, if if we want to keep it in like the idea of what is a in-game thing that encompasses Maik, I always have the impression like, nah, all right, well, if we're going to go with that, because again, I, more grounded wise, it's like it's it's a 
developer goof, which is just something they get to play off. But when you want to keep it even like in its own lore, I, I, I very much am just like, okay, so Mike is like a perfect, wasn't like a conqueror necessarily that achieved Chim, like maybe Talos did or, 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 you know, something like that. It seems like Mike just like transcended everything, but instead of using it to control anything, Mike uses it to goof around. <laughs> he just uses it to wander around. <laughs> he just he he's, just likes to goof around. <laughs> he's like he's like the guy who became independently wealthy and instead of like building some sort of huge corporation and hiring people and like buying fancy cars and a wealthy, you know, fancy you know, house and marrying some, you know, hot model and moving to Miami or, you know, like yep. that kind of thing. He's, he's the guy who just like orders pizza every night plays on his Xbox. Yeah. And just doesn't do anything. Yep. It's just, it's just, <laughs> it just, it just doesn't again, worry anymore. He's just, just smoking skooma in a weird little box right. instead of being in the actual geometry of Skyrim. He just which... wakes up every day, smokes some skooma, plays on his Xbox, and then goes back to sleep. That's um, it. On that note, uh, just because it's one of my favorite things about the programming of Mike, since we're both in and out of like what the game's going for, for lore. Um, it, it's actually noted at the bottom of the unders, uh, unofficial Elder Scrolls pages, which is good because I was going to try to find the exact reference for myself. So it wasn't just me saying something and people have to take me at face value. Um, when, when you stumble across Mike as he's roaming around, he'll, he, he kind of spawns in mm-hmm. to the game and you find him and it looks like he's just meandering around. However, um, one of the things that I find fascinating is Mike is technically in a place called elsewhere in Skyrim, which is actually just like this, like eight by eight box in just the programming. He's just stuck in this one room yeah. and he's just in that until he periodically is taken out of his box and just dropped into the world where you can find him. And then he goes back in the box later. And it's just like, it's referenced as being elsewhere in, in like, it's just so, I love that. That's just fascinating to me. It's just so funny that it's like, Oh, he's got his own little plane. It's like, oh, maybe Mike's got his own little plane of oblivion and it's just one little cube called elsewhere. Right, right. And is there deeper meaning to that? Or is that just like a, a developer joke right, is that for, what, for a label? Just, right. They just they've just got him stuck in this one place, though. It's just so funny that it's just like, oh, back to you, back to your holding cell, Mike. You're you'll be needed later. So Okay, so in doing some research, I found this article that somebody, of course, posted on Reddit from user deleted. That's not their name. They were deleted. Oh, <laughs> so I can't credit this. Damn it. Yeah, that'd be a real good username. <laughs> that would be a great username, wouldn't it? Um, so this is this is called Crackpot Theory. Mike the Liar has achieved Chim, and this is their justification for this. So go go with them here because and this covers some of the bases that we've talked about. I will try to get through it very quickly. And then feel free to dissect it and, you know, poo-poo all over it for, for all you want. Okay. Uh, but at the beginning, he gives a disclaimer says, here's, you know, I, I understand that Mike is a mouthpiece for the developers. The, obviously, there's some lore issues here, but just go with me. And he says, this is very, there's very, very little evidence for this, but here goes nothing. Point one. 
Presence from era to era implies either immortality or repeated reincarnation. In Skyrim, he mentions that his father was named Maik, his father's father was named Maik. Being in ESO Morrowind, Oblivion in Skyrim would put him near um, a thousand years old if we accept that all Maiks are the same, which would also point to either direct ap apotheosis or the ability to regenerate his physical form from the dream sleeve. Additionally, in Skyrim, he references his search for calipers, which was a regular part of his schedule in Oblivion, giving slightly more concrete uh, credence to the idea that this is the same Maik age to age. Emphasis on slightly. Okay. Point two. Says he was soul trapped once and yet has returned to a co corporeal form. This could go either way since someone who achieved Chim shouldn't be able to be soul trapped. But if Maik had been soul trapped, he would no longer be present on Nern. An interpretation that would support the theory would be that someone attempted to soul trap him and was unsuccessful, which would also resolve the contradiction of being soul trapped and yet outside of the soul cairn. And to be fair, it is widely accepted that Vivek achieved Chim and yet could be soul trapped. So perhaps the two aren't so mutually exclusive. I would also add in here, he's a liar. <laughs> Number three. <laughs> has a meta-awareness of the Elder Scrolls universe, a prerequisite for... I feel like that word doesn't never pronounce correctly. A prerequisite for Chim, and he obviously has no has not zero-summed, so it's possible that he recognized the eye. Remember uh, Arimithius talking about the wheel and the eye? Mm -hmm. In Oblivion, he also can reference having seen a dragon, even if you encounter him prior to the end of the main quest, meaning either he saw one prior to the disappearance hence the one very, very old Maik element of the theory from ESO, or he or had some type of precognition of Akatosh's appearance on Nern or the return of Alduin. Next point, Maik can't remember his childhood. Perhaps he never had one. More evidence pointing towards the single Maik element of the theory. I guess that's about all there is to it. Could also be taken as evidence for the Maik the Liar as an avatar of Lorcan, which we're going to get to in a minute. Mm -hmm. Theory. This is the weird one. That's the weirdest one. That's why I'm saving it for last. I seem to recall seeing, once again, I am very aware of how thorny it is to introduce an Easter egg meta character into any sort of lore discussion, but I personally like the idea that Maik is actually a being of great power who simply chose to travel throughout Tamriel, interacting with the doom-driven heroes in trivial ways for his own amusement. Like we were saying, he's just doing too much skooma and just wandering around. Yep. <laughs> Anyways, just thought it was I'd share it all with you for op to open up some alternate perspectives and thoughts. All right, so what do you think? Ridiculous. <laughs> it's really... <laughs> um, I, it's funny, just like, that is that is a lot of thought put into trying to, like, justify it. Um, and actually listening through it, one of the things, just the way that was worded, that seemed kind of funny, um, just in reference to, we're, we're going to... We're going to get into the Lorcon bit, but one of the things just meandering about just interacting with, you know, the hero type of thing or the hero sidekick in oblivion. Cause you're not really the hero. Um, mm -hmm. It's so funny because just thinking of a God walking around like a God quote unquote, like walking around and just kind of futzing around with everything <laughs> in the world really just made me think of like, wait, so could he be Tawaka just on a walkabout, just messing with stuff too? It's like, you could attribute it to so many different things. Oh, sure. and it, it like, it was just so funny. Cause that was the first thing my mind jumped to. I was like, huh, 
But, you know, for the myriad of things that Mike could be, it's just amusing to how many things Mike actually could theoretically be if they decided they wanted to make him that instead of just kind of like a little jokey. Yeah. yeah there, for... there was a theory out there that he was Shea Gorath. Yes. Yeah. That's another one. Actually, I think that was brought up earlier in chat as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's one I've also heard before is like maybe it's Shea Gorath just screwing with people. So. Yeah. Although that's not, it doesn't have the same flavor. No, and honestly, I feel like trying to contextualize Mike too much kind of kills some of the flavor. I enjoy him being like a walking dev commentary. That to me is entertaining in and of itself because again, without getting too weird into Chim and stuff like that, but it's like, you know, there's all these bizarre theories of it's like well is that also referring have the players achieved jim because we know we're playing a game even though our character is in the world and then you have supreme power with like the mod kit and stuff you the you can kind of bend these wacky theories into so many things because the series is so open-ended it changes so much and they have so many of their own rule-breaking things in the series it makes coming up with your own theory and having it kind of sort of work really amusing to the series. Right. Right. All right. So let's move on to the whole Lorcon theory. Um, There's one here. That's pretty short. This is, this is, this was summed up by Cornelius peaches in the uh, fandom, uh, the Elder Scrolls fandom site back in 2017. So they write, so through most of the Elder Scrolls games, you encounter this Khajiit that calls himself Maik. When you talk to him, he merely provides commentary on the things he's done and seen. He also claims that he knows things that others do not. But most interesting is the fact that you see him in Tamriel provinces, provinces, sometimes centuries apart. Due to this, I have a theory that Maik is actually Lorcan, the Aedra responsible for tricking the Eight Divines into constructing Mundus, the mortal plains which Nern resides. According to Mirth mythology, Lorcan is often considered as the trickster. This reputation that he has could possibly bleed into the persona that Mike is the liar. Maybe once being banished to the mortal plane in Nern, Lorcan decided to create a disguise that would allow him to blend in with the people there. For centuries to come, he would observe the people that he was responsible for creating and would provide commentary on them as Mike the liar. So this is, this gets to the very core of the theory and there's not, there's not much um, hard evidence for this because supposedly Lorcan's heart was cut out and tossed into the ocean. And then of course we know what happens with that red mountain. And then of course the finding of the heart and the Numidian, all that stuff that happens in Morrowind. Yep. But if Lorcan as a God wasn't fully destroyed and just powered down and what remained of him was left to wander the world in some other guise, then why not the guise of Mike, the sure. liar? So liar trickster, I can see this, you know, that's yeah, a, you can, a synonym there, right? Yeah. Those tend to go kind of hand in hand or paw and paw. Right. And his, his whole thing was that he wanted to create creation. He wanted, he wanted the Aedra to come together and make things. And if the full extent of his power is very limited to just wandering for all eternity and 
meeting you oftentimes the most important person in that specific era <laughs> and engaging with you and just kind of watching from afar and watching the events unravel and maybe kind of giving things a nudge you know from sure. the background yeah just a little bump a little bump and sometimes telling you a lie and sometimes telling you a truth then why not why not from the guise of a seemingly you know i don't know harmless Khajiit who wanders around and tells you funny things that most of the time don't even make any sense <laughs> but he would have retained potentially the knowledge of everything from before the dawn of creation and from outside of time itself I mean it's not totally that far-fetched to be fair i mean in the grand scheme of all all of that it to me it sounds like that's totally plausible uh, and it's not even that big of a stretch to kind of maybe have that be a thing i i like that theory to a degree that that one's kind of neat and that one's a little more grounded in in the series too like oh well this actually could be a thing i don't know that that's the lorcon one just because lorcon in general is such a strange entity in the series as a whole I, the the fact that such a strange character might also be tied to that totally could work as well mm -hmm. yeah I, the only thing that i find problematic about that is why the other Adra would have left him alive. Alive or alone. And yeah, it's because like I, it's, I mean, other than just leaving him alive, if Mike's puttering around doing his own thing, the odds that no other Adra would ever kind of deal with him at any point also mm -hmm. seems a little peculiar, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, it seems to me that like, it's a much more mythology based concept to say that the the other Adra were just tired of his shit. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, they cut bit. his heart out, you know, and right. and Akatosh was like, I mean, and this is and we're talking like myth, right? He cuts his heart out and is like, I'm done with you, brother. It is time for you to go, you know, and like, you know, in it's, epic. It's a fine Akatosh. Yeah. Ep epic story fashion. <laughs> he cuts his heart from his chest and tosses it into the sea and his body is rent and his blood goes into the ocean, you know, and like and 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 Lorcan is no more because the gods have that kind of power, you know, like they can make sure that he does not return like he is is basically destroyed and thrown from the world, you know, for no more. Like they're just like, he is gone. Um, but maybe the first part of him that remains in the world and then just kind of comes back, you know, the, yeah, that comes, that maybe. can be mythology too. But if, if they really want him gone, they'd really make him gone because that's also what gods do. Like they, well, they really do that. Well, one other thing, which is actually kind of like a funny joke, also sort of not a joke that uh, T-Rex just brought up in chat is, well, the Adra actually don't tend to do anything. So maybe you couldn't believe it. But this yeah, was so, this was at, so maybe after that transpired, the current Mike <laughs> walking around, it's just like, hey, like he found some way to come back. It's like, well, are they even yeah. really messing with him anymore? Is it's just like, yeah, I'm just, hey, I'm just, just 
doing my got thing. Got my little cell. I'm doing my own thing. Just hanging out with the dragon. Yeah, hanging out with my little dragon elsewhere board, cell. So. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Um. Yeah. Uh, well. Okay. So maybe he's maybe he's Lorcan. Maybe he's not. Now. I personally have one other theory I want to throw out there. I want to add this to the pile, and I think this is fun. And Lotus, I've noticed something, and I want to share this because I'm kind of proud of this. There are theories that I have put out on this podcast because I've been doing this podcast for a while now, and you've been doing this podcast with me for a while now. Mm-hmm. And there are things that you and I have thrown into the world through this podcast that were not discussed very much that I have noticed have... <laughs> become have have entered the world they've entered the common conversation have you noticed i'd like this? to think we're making a difference we are making a difference <laughs> people are talking about things i noticed today today in in the um in the in the quakecon conversation during eso people were saying things like please add a playable dramora race mm-hmm. and i was like that's i Mm. (laughs) how many times have we talked about this Uh, we've talked about this at least three or four times on this show yeah this that i mean that's an idea ideas are like viruses it gets out there if they didn't hear from us they probably heard it from somebody who heard it from us or something like 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 that stuff gets out there like uh, uh, is that from us maybe maybe there's enough people who listen to the show it might be okay so um, thank you. Thank you, T-Dub. Maybe we are making a difference. All right. So <laughs> here's a theory that I didn't see out there, but because it's just it's not based in lore and I'm drawing from some sort of writing. It's based in things I know about the lore and I'm drawing a, uh, a, a similarity in the writing from other other writing. OK, so you guys know the Lord of the Rings. Anybody who has read the books and not watched the movies knows about Tom Bombadil. Good old Mary, Mary Tom Bombadil. Tom Bombadillo, diddly dee, diddly diddly do. You read the books, Lourdes? Uh, yes, my um, mother actually read them to me as a bedtime story when I was little because she is obsessed with the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> okay, so if you've read the Lord of the Rings and you've also read the Silmarillion, you will know that Tom Bombadil is an anomaly in the world and the mythos of the Lord of the Rings. He does not fit into the pantheon. He is not one of the gods. He somehow is there. He somehow has control over that creation. He is somehow older than creation itself. He is somehow beyond that creation. He is not one of the gods, but he is powerful like a god. He does not fit into the mythos. But yet Tolkien wrote him in. Tolkien knew what he was, but he didn't tell anyone. He didn't tell Christopher Tolkien, who was the editor who edited together the Silmarillion after his death, which is the story that was the formation of the world and the story of the first and the second age before the events of The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings. We don't know. We have no idea who he was. The greatest, the best theory is that he was there before the creation of the world and he will be there after the creation of the world. He is something older than the world itself. What if Maik is like the Elnofei? He is part of the earth bones that can congealed kind of he's, he's a 
cousin to the Aedra, but he's not an Aedra. He's okay. he's an he's like the Earth Bones. He's he's a thing that existed during the formation of Nern and the world that did not take part in that creation. That was part of that creation. He's not a Daedra. He's not an Aedra. He's kind of like, um, you know, the spirits in the woods when you do the quests in like the Daggerfall region. Yes. It's kind of like that. He's a world spirit. Okay. Okay. I could, I could see something like that. Um, and that's just, that's just it. And he's happy to just wander the earth or the Tamriel. And maybe, the, all right. maybe, maybe all of Nern. I don't know. But for, for what we know, Tamriel. Alternate theory. Alternate um, theory. All right. And that's just what so, it does. Question. Because I'm trying to think. Exact references. Mike has been in Elder Scrolls 3, 4, 5. And ESO. And ESO, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. So what if it's just Todd Howard in the world itself? That was that was the other thing. I specifically <laughs> looked this up and there's no nobody really has a good argument for that. But... Well, except the fact that those are all post Todd Howard. The only That's game, true. Todd Howard came on. He's not in he's not in Red Guard. He's not in Red Guard. He's not in Red Guard. Um but Todd Howard was just getting started in Red Guard, so That's true. Who knows if he didn't have enough sway? But it's just all of a sudden I was just like, "Well, that's funny." Just mainly that I, I threw that goofball idea out because of um, the discussion in chat, actually, with one of the theories being uh, from Doc that uh, Tolkien was basically adding himself in theory into the mm. book with Tom. So mm. it was so funny since there's not really a single narrator just on that concept with elder scrolls because there's so many writers there's so many programmers but the person who always kind of gets the most credit even though it isn't a one-man show is todd howard like it this series has become his thing he's the visionary right exactly so that that was kind of why i made that that like reference to like well i don't know maybe it's todd howard then in khajiit form yeah so you know how we uh can confirm or deny this so somebody needs to go to a convention where Todd Howard is like we, we need to like get get to a convention and maybe get to a panel where he's at and somehow trick him into doing a Khajiit accent. All right. Okay. All right. And then we need to find out if it sounds like like Mike the liar. Mike is well, why don't we talking. just call like, him up on the Toto phone right now, yeah. which we clearly have. Right. Um, have him just. Talk, he he was, was so funny. The only time that I've actually been at a, <laughs> no no Tato phone um, at PAX East, it was funny. He had um, his his talk with uh, Pete Hines and everybody, and he's one of the only people I've actually never met uh, from Bethesda that I like intended to, but. Oh my God. The crowd of people at that. I was like, you're going to smother him. Like, <laughs> Please do not damage the merchandise. <laughs> like, what sure are you doing? Part of why it's so, hard to get, get a chance to talk to him. Because, yeah. So maybe yeah. that's it. I mean, he's, he's already got the secret knowledge of the Dwemer. Maybe he has the secret knowledge of Mike to go along with it. <laughs> the secret knowledge of the Mike. Yeah. <laughs> 
Maybe so. Yeah, I, I looked that one up too because I, I remembered somebody saying something about that a long time ago or reading something about that, but there's there's really the not much there. to that actually being a thing. I I mean, that would literally be an inside that, that would be the ultimate fourth wall break. And it wouldn't even be so much like, oh, I'm doing this because I want to be in the game. That's almost like an Easter egg of an Easter egg at that point where it's just yeah. like, I think it, it just that would literally just be there because it seemed like it would need to be there I don't, I don't think there's like a lot of actual reasoning for right it. I, you know i think the the one confirmation of that would be something like well todd actually does write all of mike's lines that would be like oh okay so todd is that mike. would be pretty funny you know? yeah it's and, like and, oh and with lines, like, lines are only written by todd howard or right something like right that, and with, or... with lines like mike knows much tell some mike knows many things others do not like okay yeah, that, that yep. sounds like Todd. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, I, I actually, yeah, Todd, Todd does talk a lot in in circles to not give away things before press times. So. Right, right. <laughs> Greetings, Mike knows many things. What is your interest? You seek knowledge. Mike has much. Some of it verified by actual facts. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's at the end of it. I would love to hear what our what our listeners think. Yeah. Like, what do you think of what do you think Mike? About Mike? <laughs> I I love Mike the character. It's fantastic to have Mike in the series, and um, I feel like Mike's actually probably one of the coolest Easter eggs to the series itself. Just having Mike floating around in the games, usually hidden, and then with like all those fourth wall breaking things, just makes it really fun. Oh, I'm always, I'm every time I just, it's always a surprise. You know, every time I just kind of stumble into him, I'm just like, oh, it's Mike. <laughs> it's like, it's like a, it's like running into an old friend. I'm like, well, oh yeah, the, oh, yeah he's the other this. thing is, um, I, I guess before we close one thing that's kind of interesting, I didn't realize that Mike can see you when you're invisible, um, which, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, but one of the things that is note that I note about Mike that I always find fun is if he ever shows up, like you're planning a raid on a bait, like a bandit camp or something like that. And you're ever like sneaking. That's always when I find that he kind of just pops up and it's like, hello. And it's like, dude, dude, dude. It's like, and it's good to know that even if I actually was invisible, it would not have mattered. You're like, you're like, there's like three big dudes in front of you and you're trying to like line up your headshot and all of a sudden you hear, Mike wishes you well. You're like, ah, ah, well, oh, my okay. God, just fire a shot off into the sky. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> stop, Mike! Stop it! What are you doing here? You're gonna kill me, man. Um, but yeah, nope. I uh, I don't know. I I just really enjoy the whole mystique of Mike. And for anybody who doesn't know, it is not sanctioned. It's it's not an official one. But the Mike Twitter account is also very entertaining. Oh, it's hilarious! Yeah, there's yeah, some really good. Uh, it's so great. People, I don't know who runs some of those, and like they're good. They're good. Yeah. The, people do a really good job with like the, the parody Twitter accounts. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for joining us, everybody. I love having the, the live chat here. We had a bunch of people join us today and yeah, some interesting ideas on uh, different things about Mike as well in chat, which is always fun. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to, I'd love to hit a solid 30 
regular, you know, our consecutive uh, watchers of our Twitch stream. And so if you'd like to join us, twitch.tv slash robots radio for future shows. And we always do this on Thursday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern or starting at 9 p.m. Eastern. So you're welcome to come join us and hang out. We'd love to see you in chat. That would be awesome. And you don't have to be caught up on all the episodes like you, you just kind of come hang out. Um, yeah, you know, it's not M- most of the time. We, we don't try to. <sighs> One of the things that I, 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 at least it's, you know, a goal is to not have it be, we'll have some episodes that kind of run long and it's like a part one, a part two, but it's like, it's nice that you can kind of grab these as individual things. It's easier to pick up and drop. Whereas, you know, for example, my other show tales of Tamriel that I'm part of, they're independent from each other, but it's like, I mean, it's seven years of episodes. So like (laughs) it's, you jump in and it's a continuation of what we're doing. So it's a little hard to pick up like, Oh, I'm going to just listen to episode two Oh nine. It's like, okay. I have right. no idea what the hell we were talking right. about. Like, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. this, this, I like the fact that it's, it's segmented enough that you don't need to be caught up. You can listen in backwards order. Most of the time, like yeah. it's it having them be just individual things that you can reference, <clears throat> which I've actually done for various things when I need to look up something I'll go back and sometimes just listen to this. Ideally, I actually uh, like some of the old ones before I had to listen to my own voice on the show, but I had a lot of fun recording it. So oh, your, voice is, your voice is fine. There's not not for me. It's, uh, <laughs> We've talked about this. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, after many years, it's just, I'm not going to get used to it, but I just accept it. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can, you can just pick and choose your episodes. So exactly. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, kind of pop in and out of all of them eventually, if you want to get through all of them, um, there's a bunch of, there's a bunch to listen to. So Lotus, do you have anything else going on you want to share before we head out? Um, no, just enjoying QuakeCon so far, excited for, uh, our segment tomorrow. And then I actually, um, ideally they'll be recording the update for Tales of Tamriel, but they'll, uh, I, I, going away this weekend uh summer's starting to get toward the end so we're attempting to maximize beach time um by heading to the beach again so it's gonna get cold for you way faster than it's gonna get cold for me yeah and i don't want any of that um i do good with i no i don't um (laughs) i I do i like i like summer and then i like autumn and then like we can have just december for christmas that can be winter and then boom right back to summer like no 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 extra winter and screw spring i don't want any of that garbage that's not how that's not how new england works at all yeah florida is just hot until december (laughs) and then i could just live in december through february forever those are the only months that it's sometimes not hot sometimes (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah well okay cool man um yeah uh make sure you tune in tomorrow again tomorrow morning for those of you who are live and if you don't catch it live don't worry um i think i might be even be able to use the audio so it should show up on the feed uh if you if you check out the uh if you want to hear the quiz show and um that'll be up on the uh the youtube channel as well give me those answers in advance so i could win that'd be great (laughs) if you pay me (laughs) enough money i might uh, release those um all right (laughs) and uh (laughs) 
uh, let's see. Oh, Lotus, Lotus joined us on the Xbox Game Pass show to talk about the Bethesda games that are on Game Pass. That was a ton of fun. So that was that was super fun. So if you heck, you don't even need to have Xbox Game Pass in order to listen to the Xbox Game Pass show because not at all. A lot of I... the new games that are coming out are also released on Game Pass. So if you're interested in what new games are out, then Tune into the Xbox Game Pass show. It's up on all the different platforms. Go listen to it. It's a wonderful time. We cover a lot of the new stuff and give you previews on a lot of the new games because um, Sam, N7 Legend, who does the Mass Effect Lorecast with me, uh, and I check out that stuff, and we bring in guests, and that's one of the new things we're going to be doing. And we also are going to be start doing a call-in segment pretty soon where you guys can call in and tell us what games you've been playing. So... Check that out. And then also, if you are into SCP stuff, you know, like creepy SCP foundation stuff on the internet, I have been doing a new show called SCP Foundation Files, where the SCB, SCP bot Kevin <laughs> reads you different, uh, it goes through all of the SCP files in order to read them to you. But Kevin, uh, he gets lonely, and so he's, he chimes in with some little bits of, like, commentary every so often. Go listen to it. I think you guys are going to really like it. Again, SCP Foundation Files. It's it's quick little show, little show, like, each little file is, you know, four minutes, six minutes. You can kind of pick and choose which ones. It's super creepy, and it's, a, it's read by a robot. I think you, it's it's good. I'm really proud of this one. Go check it out. <laughs> um, it's it's one of those that you can just like put on and like listen to one or two of them on the way to the grocery store. So go check it out. All right. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We will see you guys next week. And there's no D&D Lorecast coming up next. Uh, Stuart and I are taking a break for a little bit to kind of brainstorm storm some stuff and change some things up. So we'll be off for a few weeks. Um, but that should be it. And I will be back tomorrow for the Fallout Lorecast uh, in the afternoon. So... I'll see you then as well. Otherwise, tune in to some more um, QuakeCon stuff. Lots of stuff this weekend. All right. See you guys later. Bye, everybody. See you later. Thanks for listening to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. If you have something you'd like to contribute to the show, please reach out to us at Lorecast at gmail.com or on Twitter at ESO Lorecast. I really appreciate you listening, and I'd love to hear from you soon. You've been listening to the Robots Radio Podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Do you like adventure? Yeah. Do you like laughing? Uh, yeah. Would you like to listen to a group of people you don't know play D&D and reference retro pop culture you vaguely remember? Um... Excellent. You're going to love Committee Quest. We play D&D in the world of Amarin. We use adventure modules and supplements made by people in the community. We also have a sweet synthwave backing track. Come and join us on our adventure. Volume 1 has been completed. Volume 2 coming the end of January. You can find us on iTunes, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Are you into the cyberpunk tabletop games or excited for Cyberpunk 2077? Are you looking to brush up on the lore, stay up on all the latest news, and talk about the game when it comes out? Check out the Cyberpunk Lorecast, a show from Robots Radio with me, your host, Robots. We'll go over all the details you need to know about the world, characters, and story of Cyberpunk. Available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and anywhere else you get your podcasts.
Once upon a time, 27 years after the bombs fell, there were two people, a vault dweller and a California girl. They met and sparks flew. That's when things got interesting. Once Upon a Wasteland is their story. Follow Elizabeth Kirby and Odessa Valdez as they pursue their happily ever after in the post-apocalyptic Appalachian wasteland of Fallout 76. Available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and many other podcasting platforms. Once Upon a Wasteland, a Fallout 76 love story. Available now.